Hello, everyone, and welcome to Hayes' Higher Learning. My name is Ashley Hayes, and I am so excited. Today, we have a returning special guest, Pam Iverson. And if you listen to Hayes' Higher Learning, you know that Pam was on last season, and we had a conversation called He's Just Not That Into You, where we talked about boundaries and dating. So I have invited Pam to come back and to talk to us a little bit about love in the midst of revolution. As we are all well aware, we have major shifts happening globally. Of course, with COVID-19 creating social distance and pushing us to be in our homes and in a, in a lot of cases with our partners more than we have probably ever been. And also now this um, protesting and this advocacy and this consistent fight for decency, um, not just decency, but for justice and reform and policy as it relates to Black lives and police brutality. And so as a thinker, as a teacher, as a leader, um, one of the things that I often think about is how are all of these things affecting our relationships? And so since Pam um, is such a cultivator of partnership and such a good educator on partnership, invited her back to sort of give us some tools and some guidance on how we can approach our partnerships. Welcome back to the podcast, Pam. Thank you. It's great to be back. It's always, always great to have you. So over the past few years, I have gotten to know you as a coach, and I know that you operate the nonprofit or Girls Growing Together. Can you talk to me a little bit about why you started Girls Growing and what your journey to love and self-mastery work has been? Girls Growing is an extension of my personal growth journey. I married mm -hmm. and had children very young. I spent my whole 20s focused on parenting and learning how to be a spouse while, you know, other my peers were out learning themselves. Um, I didn't focus on my own growth and actualization because I didn't have time. I didn't have the bandwidth. And being perfectly honest, I was not a priority in my own life. Um, mm -hmm. My 30s were a revolution. I had a third child when I had not planned. But three is a number of completion, right? Um, mm -hmm. And at pretty much the same time, my marriage ended. I was suddenly a single mom, which was devastating for me because being a single mom disagreed with every dream I had had for my life. Every story mm -hmm. I'd ever told myself about what it means to be worthy as a Black woman and as a mother, I was suddenly untethered. Um, and there was also a part of me that was just curious and open and expectant. And I leaned in. I had an infant, a 10 year old, a 13 year old and no partner. And I decided to put myself first for the first time in my life. Mm -hmm. I started studying and sitting at the feet of women I admired. And I started growing like hell. And I wanted to share what I was learning with other non-men of color and to also be supported in my own growth journey. And that's how Girls Growing started. Mm, and what a beautiful that is and a journey that so many people are on. And I love your term, non-men. Why is it important to have spaces for non-men? It is important to have spaces for non-men, especially being a person in the Black community. Um, you know, there are, we, we struggle with ra racism as a collective. 
But, you know, within our race, we struggle with a lot of phobias. <laughs> you know, we, mm-hmm. we struggle with, with homophobia. We struggle with transphobia. Um, you know, so I think it is important to understand that, you know, our liberation won't happen, you know, without it happening for all of us. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and we live in a patriarchal society. So men are centered everywhere. Their voices and experiences are amplified. We see that so clearly now with the protests and the specific name on every person's tongue is a male one. And look, you know, I'm also black, proudly and deliberately so. So George Floyd's life deeply matters to me. Breonna Taylor's matters just as much, though, you know, and so does Tony McDade's. So it's important that folks who aren't men have somewhere to go to be seen and heard, to be witnessed, to matter. And what a <laughs> what a layer point that is, um, is that we need to also be so mindful to also prioritize the names of women who experience the same violence. And so I brought you here today specifically to talk about how we relate with each other, partnership, relationships, communications. And one of the most valuable things that you have contributed to my life is showing me that partnership doesn't have to look one particular way. And so you have become an advocate and an educator for what you call non-monogamy. What exactly is that? And how does it contrast with the idea of the American dream that we've been sold, where we get one life partner and two kids and a fence. How does this differ? (laughs) Well, I will say that um, a lot of our experience as Black women who, Black people who are not men, is centered around, you know, a desire for partnership. Um, And I'm a practical, I'm a practical person. Um, So it makes sense to me that expanding the pool, expanding the horizons, you know, opening our minds and removing limits makes more possible for us. Um, ethical non-monogamy is an umbrella term for the variety of ways people can engage consensually in relating with more than one person at a given time. Polyamory, open relationships, and swinging are a few types of ethical non-monogamy. Mm-hmm. What defines an ethically non-monogamous relationship is that all parties involved know what's happening and enthusiastically consent to participating in whichever relationship dynamic is going on. Um, I don't champion non-monogamy specifically. Um, I advocate for normalizing options. Um, Mm. I champion, you know, not accepting um, personally and not accepting as a people that there is only one way to love and fulfillment um, because that's just not true. Um, I don't believe ethical non-monogamy is inherently better than ethical monogamy. Um, I'm just for rejecting the story that monogamy is the ideal or the best or only way. Mm. And that was, it was so jarring for me (laughs) 
because growing up, and I'm sure a lot of people, especially being raised in the church, you know, I thought there was monogamy and cheating. <laughs> that was it. Right. You're, you're either with this one person or you're cheating or you're one of them people, you know, hellions or whatever, uh, you know, the old folks would call them who just out there living in sin. And so this sort of shined a light on me on the power of consent. I love that language and it's enthusiastic consent where everybody knows what the hell is going on (laughs) is open communication and And everybody is with it (laughs) you know everybody is all the way with it yes absolutely and so I think that um you know while we don't value monogamy or non-monogamy one more than the other because I think both can be practical I think that non-monogamy can be a sustainable practice but I don't want people to think that you can just go out there start dating multiple people and that's it what work do we need to consider if we're gonna approach this different sort of form of relationship or way of relating Um, you know, I also not only believe that non-monogamy is a sustainable practice in Black love, I've seen many examples that prove it is. Mm -hmm. Um, I know many Black folks who are thriving in non-monogamous relationships long term. I also know many who are struggling, (laughs) you know, just as many as folks, just as many as um, folks struggling in monogamy. You know, non-monogamy is not magic. It's not better. It's just an option, Um, but it's one that is just as valid, attainable, and sustainable as monogamy. Um, There are many ways to do ethical non-monogamy. Not all of them involve multiple equal partnerships. There are ethically non-monogamous folks who are still aligned with the dream of having a single life partner and and who are living that out. You know, they may have a spouse or life partner and simply date casually or they may swing with their partner. You know, then there are others who do have multiple life partners. Some of them even all live together as a family unit. And there's every iteration in between. You know, more than anything, I'd like people, especially Black women, to know that there are so many options and to be open to the possibilities that exist for cultivating a sustain and sustaining love and partnership to not be limited. Um, in terms of what we need to do to begin to explore that, Um, I believe that healthy relationships of any kind require healthy individuals. So Mm -hmm. I don't personally believe that the self-work needed to successfully navigate non-monogamy is any different than the self-work needed to successfully navigate monogamy. Over time, growth areas may diverge some, but the core work is the same. Mm. Well, you said something right there, my sis. You have to show up healthy in any sort of relationship. In any relationship. And does that mean that we now have to communicate more? I don't even believe we have to necessarily communicate more. I I believe that, you know, there there's an aspect of, you know, just taking what's given you that doesn't promote work, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, monogamy is what is given us. You know, it's what we... You know, it's the default is what we consider normal. And so we we somehow with that believe we have the tools for it. Right. Because it's, 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 it's our inheritance. So we don't you know, we don't look for tools. We don't do intentional work, but we should. 
you know, and if we did, we would have much more healthy and successful monogamous relationships um, that very few people, you know, from my experience, have really healthy communication skills in any interpersonal relationships. So I don't, you know, I don't believe you need you need better communication skills to successfully navigate a a non-monogamous relationship. I just think you need healthy communication skills like you do in all relationships. Mm, I think that that is accurate. I would I would be in agreement with that. And so Pam, there are some outdated ideals that I think um, a lot of folks are practicing or a lot that are still being perpetuated. What's what ideals do you think we would be better suited to discard because we're sort of reimagining interpersonal relationships and partnerships? Uh, there there are so many shifts we could make that would support our having healthier relationships and partnerships. Um, Prioritizing ourselves, you know, as non-men, which is a revolution in itself. Um, Prioritizing our personal healing and growth, as well as investing in loving ourselves are foundational to any relationship, Um, any relationship structure, any relationship dynamic, Um, secondly, I think that particularly, particularly for non-men, it's important that we learn to cultivate true joy, pleasure, and fulfillment in our lives as single people. Um, I say the best way to attract a life mate is by living your best life. And I believe that wholeheartedly is proven true in my life. Um, Also expanding our limits, like we've talked about, being willing to imagine life and love outside the boxes we've been given, outside the boxes we've inherited. Um, Maybe think beyond monogamy, okay? (laughs) Maybe think beyond, maybe think beyond traditional marriage, maybe think think beyond traditional family structure, maybe even think beyond heterosexuality. Mm-hmm. I think those, all of those are beneficial and they've been beneficial to my life. You know, you and I are in partnership together and help each yes. other in ways that, you know, I don't have um, a, a spouse or anything like that. And so I have found community. I live with my best friend and that's my nesting partner. You know, I help right. my best friend raise his kid who's my godson. And so I become a parenting partner in that way. And all of those have been so fulfilling to my life. And that's why it's important for me to have this conversation because you've really been a key player in sort of helping me reimagine a life that makes me happy and not just the life that the world says I'm supposed to have. Yes, it's about it's about holding space for ourselves and for other people to create our own unique individual visions of what is joy, you know, what is love, what is family, and not restricting ourselves or other people to, you know, live within, you know, predetermined lines and and boundaries, because there's so much beyond those. Um, It's about being fulfilled, you know, and, and, that's different for everyone. You're a good example. You know, the examples you've just given, you know, our partnership, um, there are 
as many ways as there are people to do love and to do partnership and to do family. And it serves not ourselves. It serves not our communities. It serves not the world for us to, you know, deny all the possibilities just to live within these boxes. Mm-hmm. And see where I come from, we would normally pass an offering basket <laughs> when somebody <laughs> says something like that. Ah, this was such a rich conversation, Pam. And thank you, thank you always for showing up to help me with the work and for being a consistent partner to me. How can people reach out to you if they want to learn more about the work you do at Girls Growing? And I know you do relationship coaching. Can people reach out to you for that? Right. Uh, yeah, people can reach me on my Facebook page, my professional page, Pam Iverson, or on my website, pamiverson.com. Um, it's in the process of being revamped, revamped but um, you can reach me there. You can get information about me and, and everything I'm doing, information about girls growing. You can book um, coaching sessions. Um, so, yeah, hit me up. Okay. All right, y'all, make sure you hit Pam up. And as always, you can check the Hayes' Higher Learning Instagram page. I will have quotes from this conversation and snippets um, from this conversation there that you can share with your friends. Please share, subscribe, follow me, follow Hayes' Higher Learning, follow um, Pam, and you can book a workshop on Hayes' Higher Learning or book a coaching session with Pam. And so as always, I will leave you all with the song of the week. I kind of slipped this last time, but today I want to leave you all with sorry by Beyonce I ain't sorry um that is my jam <laughs> I think it's good to bump through the week and through the revolution um and I wish you all the best in black love thank you for tuning in to Hayes' Higher Learning where together we are learning better doing better and being better you all have a wonderful week hello everyone it is your host Ashley Hayes here again and thank you so much for tuning in to our black love in the midst of the revolution episode I'd like to share with you all a segment of a very special interview that I got to conduct back in February, right before my tour was wrapped early due to COVID-19. I had the opportunity to visit Los Angeles and interview my longtime mentor, Sphinx, who is the creative director of the art and content brand, Verbal Slick. Sphinx is from Atlanta by way of Chicago, and he and his wife welcomed me into their LA home and talked with me about how they have cultivated their artistic business as partners and what prompted the move to LA. It was such a joy to witness the way art has changed their lives and to get some insight about how they balance love and work as a couple who produces together. For those of you all who don't know, Sphinx is also the man behind all the new branding for seasons two and three of Hayes' Higher Learning, and I am so grateful to call him mentor. His full interview will air next week, but I thought this part spoke well to our Black Love episode, and I asked Sphinx what he learned about love, and this is what he had to say. So I want to ask you one, um, another question. What do you know for sure about love? Because you know, I brought you here as a creative artist, but you're also a husband, partner, you know. Talk to me a little bit about that. Oh, what love. makes it work? How long y'all been married? 20, I, I'm I'm probably off a year. Wow. I don't, I'm, either, I'm either over or under a year, but I'm going to say 23 years. Wow. I'm going wow, wow. to say 20, 23 years. Wow. I, put, I just put up a post the other day about, it ain't so much about love. When you say love, you mean relationships. Because love and relationships yeah. are two different things. Oh. So you say about love, so that that's another <laughs> that's another conversation. I'm assuming you talk about relationships. Yeah. So yes, I put yes. up a post the other day, and I said, uh, 
The only way you know if you can spend a lifetime with somebody is by spending a lifetime with somebody. Oh, wow. And so, like, I just had, I, I learned that, yes. I just learned that myself. I've been <laughs> married like, for 20 some years, but I just learned that, like, uh, just some few little jewels, like, I mean, aside from the things you already know, like trust and all that and all that, but I tell people this all the time. They be like, they want to hear something magical. Right. But it's no, it's, it's, it's not, it's not, it's Ain't not the magical. The truth is communication. Yeah. Communication. And man, communication is a mofo. When I say communication, communication gives you information. Yeah, it does. And so can it's it's can you communicate with each other through and that communication could be a lot of different things. Yeah. You know, that it could be, it's a lot of different things. <laughs> a lot, I mean, it's okay. Um, to, 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 to give an example, like, you know, how do you, you know, you, you, I'm just speaking in the context of a marriage. Right. It don't have to be a marriage. It's a relationship. A right. relationship. Let me not say marriage. Some people, I hate to be like the marriage club, but relationship. If, the minute, if you're in a relationship with somebody and the minute you start feeling like you might not love them the same or you're not attracted to them as much as you used to, like you love them, you love them, you love them, but you're just not feeling them, 10 times, I'm going to say 10 times, nine times out of 10, a person isn't going to communicate that to their mate. Right. Yeah. But their mate needs to know that. Yeah. You know, yeah. their mate needs to know that. So that's when I say communication. So a lot of the problems in relationships stem from a lack of communication. And so I say communication and, and a close, close, close second is understanding. Yeah. Understanding is powerful, powerful understanding. So, you know, if I say, you know, you know, I don't know if I'm just not, I'm just not, you know, how do I, how do I tell my wife, my boyfriend, my, my mate or whatever, that I'm just not attracted to them like that? Yeah. You know, maybe it's a phase. I don't know. But do I say that? You know, I'm feeling this person at my job. They made me laugh more. Like, I don't want to tell them that. Yeah. You know, it's like that stuff builds up and shows itself in different ways. Absolutely. And so your mate is, don't know why you move. Right, trying to figure it short. out. Yeah. Uh-huh. And they're like, what's up with you? Or, and this, and you might be like, nothing. I'm tired. You might be tired. You know what I mean? But you're but you not know telling what you're not them. Saying, right? You know, you know, so that that communication, and that could be so many different things. That could be your 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 mom is ruining ruining our marriage, ruining our relationship. You know, I don't like the way you the, the way you do this or whatever. Like, because a lot of times things can be fixed. You know, we've been married twenty some years. We've been in counseling a couple times, and um, you know, a lot of uh, you know, one of the times we went to counseling, uh. They were asking us like, so what the what's the problem? Like, are there any deal breakers? And right. we were like, what's the what's the deal breaker? Oh wow, and they was yeah, like, I didn't know oh, that. Yeah. Hell, deal breaker. Well, I'm like, what do you mean? What's a deal breaker? I don't like her no more. That's enough, <laughs> you know. But it was like, you know, is there any abuse? Uh, is there any physical abuse? Right. Verbal abuse, drug abuse, you know. So at the time, I'm like, is we the count? You know, but right. uh, <laughs> but no. So like deal breakers. But right. we was like, oh, we was like nah. And it was like when we said that, our counselor was kind of like, oh, okay. It was kind of like they was like, oh, we can work on this. But I'm like, mm, no, you can't. I'm, I'm up. I'm good, you know. But I learned a lot. But, yeah, to answer your question again, uh, what do I know? 
to if I had to put a quote to it, the only way you know if you can spend your life with someone is by spending a life with someone. Yeah. Because we've been married 20 plus years and I, I'm not making this up. I mean, what's today? Wednesday? I think my wife, Monday, told me, oh, yeah, I just, I just learned that you're like dot, dot, dot. I'm yeah. like, I've been like that my whole life. <laughs> but it's like, it's a constant, like, and, I, and I'm saying that to say, like, people think, like, like people assume, because we've been married 20-some years, like, we just on cruise control, and we not. No, you have to maintain it. We can get it. divorced Love, next it's week. Work. Right, it's, it's, work. It's, 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 it's work. And it's, it's, sometimes it's effortless, and sometimes it's not. And that, that effortless feel can be uh, fantasy and numbing because you mm. get used to it. Like, this is cool. I love her. I love him. This is great. And then we have an issue. It's like you want that effortless back, but you got to you gotta maintain that thing. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's so like ain't no the punk. car, you know? It's, it's like, it's partnership and you have yep. to show up. Yep. You have to communicate with your partner. You know, I'm learning, having not been in something that long, but, you know, as a student of love and asking folks like you, like, I've learned it. And it's so funny you say that because I think there was a TED Talk and this lady was making the argument. She's like, nine times out of ten, people just want to be able to say what they think. Man. You know, sometimes I just want to be able to say, I think that person is dope. And you manage your jealousy enough to be like, okay, you know, like, that's dope. And then that goes along with trust. And I talk about effective communication on the podcast because I'm super passionate about it. And I'm super passionate about people being transparent. So it's dope to hear you say, you know, tell them the truth. Like, and then deal with the truth as it is because people ask, in resistance, right? You don't want to accept this as mm-hmm. a thing. Or you, like, just because you're not attracted doesn't necessarily change anything about her. You know, it doesn't make her less dope. It's just right. how, you know, your approach. But, you know, mm-hmm. is there something I can do differently? If not, you know, that's on you. And sorry, you know? And, and you need to know. Like, it's and, and, and it's that understanding. Like you say, you know, you want to be able to say, you know, such and such is dope or whatever that thing is with the hopes that the person you're telling it to will understand where you coming from, you want know, intention behind it, but it's 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 that trust. It's a two way street. Like you know, you know, I gotta, you know, if I'm hearing, I gotta trust that she's not trying to make me jealous. Mm-hmm. You know, I might feel jealousy instantly. Right. I'm like, what you trying? What I'm supposed to be? You know. So it's like, <laughs> it's all that. And so if if constantly the, checking yes, yourself, yes, self mastery. Right. Yeah. So that's why I'm like, it's a it's a two way street. It's it's and it and it's difficult, but I think the better, the more you master that, man, you be all right. Because yeah. it's like, it's it's such a, it's it's very confident when you can feel like you can tell your mate anything. Yeah. It's very, very, it's and it's a very intimate thing. And over time, it really strengthens you. Like, because it, it, you need to know, like, people breaking, I mean, it's, I, I make it sound so much easier than it is because it's not easy. But it's like, you need to know where each other is at as much as possible because you may say something that I really don't like, and I'm like, okay, I don't want, I don't want to be in this relationship because of this thing. Right. Then we need to know that. Yeah, we needed to know Not that. Not true. I don't want to break breaker. up with you. Right. I, I love you. Like, damn. Now we have this on the table, and this is a might be a deal breaker for me. Right. I hate that this is a, this is happening. But I don't want to break up. Yeah, is, because right. what happens is like you don't want to. You damn sure don't want to get married and find this out. Yeah. And not like it. And it, and it doesn't have to be like some dark secret, but just. What, uh, you know, I didn't know you was like that. I didn't know you thought like that. You know, stuff like that. I tell people all the time, like, people get divorced over the dishes. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? There's like, an article about that. And it's like, she left because of the dishes. Even though, you know, it signifies a bigger thing. Absolutely. But it's like, I just, you know. You're like, that's it. 
I'm sick of these dicks. That's it. I'm out. And, but it's right. It's an underlying thing. But I'm telling you, and it happens all the time. I mean, we, me and my wife deal with it all the time. Like it's, it's because we're not making big mistakes. Right. You know what I mean? So it's always the little stuff. We're not, you know, I'm not disrespecting her. She's not disrespecting me. It's the little stuff. Like, yeah. and, it, and it bugs me out, like, how much weight it holds. Like, it's all, it's almost embarrassing sometimes. When you look, I look, I've been knowing this woman since I was 18. Wow. wow, wow. You know, I've been, I've been involved with her since I was 18 years old. And something could happen today that may be like, I don't know if she really in my corner. <laughs> I mean, I know we've been together almost right. 30 years. But I that's, don't know. I don't know. And it's, and it's real. Like, it's the delusion is that it's that strong. Like, mm. it's that, that strong. Yeah, but you self-identified it. You're like, that's not the truth, right? Like, you know right. the truth. That's, that's what I'm good right now. I'm happy right. with her today. Right. Today. But <laughs> on a bad day, when, you know, when everything, when my mind ain't right, it's like, it seems, it, and it's, I'm, I'm so glad we can joke about it because it's stuff like that. Like, it seems real. Right. Like, it don't just seem like a small, it, it seems like, because the feeling, the feeling is real. Right, yeah, yeah. So, right, the emotions are reality. Right, yeah. and so it's like my mind is saying, well, if you feel like that, then it's real. Right. And it's, it's not, what, what's, what's this? They say, like, don't, they say your logic should be the train and your emotions should be the caboose. I like it. So, <laughs> like, like your, it. your emotions will always be way at the back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You let your mind leave, but it don't be Can't like that. Can't let them drive, man. Right, and oftentimes, my emotions are the driver. Yeah. And what I've learned to do over the past couple of years, which has been really, really hard, really hard, is to say something as simple as, babe, when you say such and such, that hurt my feelings. That's, Isn't that freeing to just say it? You know, you yeah. don't got to fix it. You don't got to do nothing. I don't like that I have to say it. Right. <laughs> but sometimes I have to say it because she just don't know. She don't know. And in the past, I would just be angry, mad for days. She won't know. I'm still good, but deep deep down, I'm salty right. about that thing you did. Or well, I haven't moved on more so than anything. I haven't moved past it. Right. And now I'm like, and I hate saying you hurt my feelings. It sounds so it's not a not a masculine. Not a masculine. It's not, not what we do. Thing, right? It's not what we do. So it's like, and it's so weird. It's like just it's something. And 10 times out of 10, she's I didn't know. I'm sorry, babe. I, you know, it's, it's, I'm never like, oh, I shouldn't have said that. Right. But to say it, it's, it, it's, it's a lot. It takes a lot. Take yeah. A lot. So, yeah. That's a lot of learning. That's a lot of life, you know, to get that. And I think it's dope, you know, to hear from an older head. I don't want to call you an old That's head. That's why you call me an older head. <laughs> nice. I'll take it. <laughs> to hear from an old head. <laughs> that old school. But no, like, it's dope. And it's dope to just, you know, paint that picture of, like, dudes saying, hey, that hurt my feelings. Just say it. Just say it. Get it over yep. with, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And let's it. deal with that. 